0: hello good people of the internet, it is I, Tommy Kelly, and this is Adventures in Webber. So we're going to try the whole kind of screen sharing, OBS, Unreal Engine thing again. Hopefully it's a bit better this time. In theory it should be, because I'm using the lapel mic rather than the mic on the webcam, which seemed to be a problem last time. So let's get over to Unreal Engine and see what I've been up to. So here we are in Unreal Engine, and this is kind of more or less where we were the last time. Where we had the um, just the pier and stuff like that. I haven't really done anything more with this. But if we slowly pan round, you will see this. So this is all new. This is um, a coffee shop that will be called the pier, strangely enough. Um, that truck is still there for size, for scale. And inside, this isn't final. I want to move this thing here and I want to add... Oh my god, coffee machines and stuff like that, and possibly make this a wee bit bigger. I want to get rid of that, and I want to get rid of that, or at least put it somewhere else. So, the second scene starts here in this part. So, what excuse me, what I want to do is I want to obviously extend that to, to the horizon line in some way, but I think I will not do that as a you no know, one's actual animation because i'll just take up too much you can see i've kind of worked out this a bit too um but uh yeah so the whole first scene starts here and um so i'm just kind of working on this to complete that rather than trying to do the whole map because the whole thing is going to go way down here with all those houses more heads and then the actual main town will be like going straight down you know that way there's a whole kind of thing And behind all that is a mountain and trees. Um, So, I don't know why that tree is in the middle of the road. (laughs) It shall be moved. And there's this rock. That's in the wrong place. But that may or may not be important to the story. Over here, in this car park thing, we have the start of a music venue. Which is also going to be important to uh, the story. At least one character's arc, anyway and I've been trying to build certain things, these are my attempts at monitors (laughs) and uh, again she, zombie woman here or apocalyptic woman is just for scale just so I know that everything is kind of right this is semi going to be based on um, a venue that I used to play on playing in in a band called Soft Parade, with Enda who you've seen in the podcast before, the photography guy, when we were like 17, 18, 19 18, that kind of thing But. Not really. It's it's kind of a vague, uh, vaguely based on it. So as you can see, all of this is just in the very de- the detailed light maps, but it's not the full lit, which is that which will have you know the full textures or whatever. Um, and that is because all of this information is pretty useless when you're making the actual comic. You want it, you know, you don't. It's going to be a black and white comic, and you're going to be turning it into line art. So the least amount of kind of stuff that you put into it the better and it seems to be when you hit to detail light that that kind of a look works better for the line extraction thing that i've been kind of working around so i'm just going to do this just for a moment let's pilot the camera as you can see i mean it's it's so pretty like it it's so realistic looking Relatively speaking, like no one's, no one thinks that's a, a photo or anything, but uh, it's not bad. Like, uh, I mean, all that kind of um, blurriness or the the focus depth of field, Tommy's brain, um, obviously is no good to me. I need to uh, have a fully wide, no, fully closed aperture, yes, to have uh, all the details. So yeah, let me go back to the webcam full. So that's um, basically it. That's what I've been working on. It's taken a long while, but it's gonna to be totally worth it. So that, um, for two reasons. One, that I have all the reference stuff uh, for the line extraction, for using the background to then use as a pencil layer, or if it's good enough to actually use as part of the final inks layer. Um, so there's that kind of element that's good, but it also means that I have it fully kind of envisioned in my head and I'll be able to look around the different you know scenes, whatever. Whereas before, when I was doing a scene in a comic or whatever, I had a vague kind of idea of what was going on. But this is, leaves me with an awful lot more opportunity, an awful lot more kind of uh, scope to uh, angle scenes, to you know have the camera angles, all of these type of things. So it's great. Though it's a bit of work, um, I'm enjoying it. It's good fun. And uh, I think the end process will be worth it uh, when you see what, what the whole thing is going to be. I can't wait to start drawing on it, but I don't want to jump into it too quick because that's I've done that before, where I said I was going to do all this kind of pre-production work, particularly in the holy numbers. And uh, not so much then because there's very few characters in it, but I had a whole thing worked out, and then I didn't. And it really would have saved me had I actually spent you know that extra month just doing the kind of preliminary work that would absolutely make all other work uh, so much quicker, easier, and better. But it's just that kind of wanting to jump in and actually start it. So anyway. That's uh, where I'm at at the minute. So hopefully this has come out a wee bit better than the last one, but uh, I'll get there. And I'm going to be doing some streaming at some point as well when I get into the actual drawing properly. So I have to work out how to use like not that OBS is hard to use. It's just it's new. That's it. Like I mean, and I just have to work out the different kind of nuances around it. So good people of the internet. Until our next adventure. Be well. Welcome to Logite people of the internet. It is I, Tommy Kelly, and this is Adventures in Wooboo. This episode, I want to talk a bit about music. More specifically, my music. First of all, though, I have to kind of apologise for the background sound. There's two things going on. One, my calf Riggs is uh, very noisily eating his food just behind me, as is, is his want. And outside, we have um, an extremely windy day. It's, uh, we're getting the tail end of a storm. As we do here in Ireland, we get the tail ends of all the storms. Um, not the actual songs, but it's still it's quite blustery and it's hitting off my uh, shutters from outside. So apologies for that. So what I want to talk about today is just the getting back into music. And I made a video last week called Reclaiming Music, which a lot of people of you really uh, liked. And it resonated with a, a lot of you as well, which is great. In one way, great, great that people are kind of realizing that, you know, they've let things go in the same way I have for the wrong reasons. But also sad in that so many of us have let things go that we're so passionate about or that we loved so much. Uh, at some point in our life and let go for for life reasons because life you know and that's that's a bit sad but at least we can at least some of us are realizing it and trying to get back into it there's an interesting thing that came to me today um and i, I immediately <laughs> messaged uh, spud to tell him about it but it was that isn't it interesting that when i decide that my patron god or my lord and savior is now going to be pan and i have a very kind of a you know, uh, uh, an idea around what Pan represents to me, but I just thought it was interesting that once I kind of took on board that I was going to bother Pan for a while, that I got back into music and in such a big way and that, that, that I realized the passion that I had lost and all of this being, of course, that uh, traditionally speaking, one of Pan's roles is the god of music. So that, I thought that was very, very uh, interesting and uh, lovely. So with that in mind, what I want to show you today is some of my CDs. Which, of course, I mean, showing CDs here isn't uh, great. <laughs> you know, you want to hear the music. Well, maybe you don't want to hear my music. But uh, I'm in the process of I'm going to upload this stuff or at least get it in digital. Because at the minute, it's not really any of my stuff isn't in digital format. And I'm just afraid of losing it because I've literally only, you know, one copy of each of my albums. I just think this is the second album I ever did. And this is called The Voice of the Silence. It's for a year on this? I don't think so. That's like the voice of the silence is uh, another year, nineteen ninety nine. It was a whole whole century ago. Um, uh, I had just left the band that I had been in very uh, when I left school. Like we came into like it was my favorite band in town, and I like, you know it was a really kind of a cool thing for me. And I kind of ended very shitty as bands do. But we got back together a few years later only for it to end shitty yet again. But that's bands. Like I mean, that's the way it is. That's. Part for the course, that's all part of the journey. But uh, I had done a kind of uh, a little EP before then, and I don't have a copy of it anymore, um, which is probably in one way is a good thing because I, I have fond memories of it and maybe it's terrible. I suspect it probably is terrible. But this is the one I did next. And uh, 10 songs on it, and uh, Voice of Silence. I was obviously uh, in my Theosophy phase at that point, but uh, I quite like some of the things that, and we haven't heard it in a long while, so it'll be interesting to hear what uh, it does sounds the next one I did is eclectic and I don't even have the cover for this this was a very cool cover of me in a stone circular kind of window thing with the window removed this uh, if you're if you're a native of Dundalk it's the Credit Union and um, just off Cambrassel Street and my mom took the photo Uh, I'm not really sure what year that's from, but I think it's about the year later. It's around 2000, 2001, something like that. And that was when I first got into computers and been able to do, um, you know, using secret servers. I was using Cakewalk at the time, if if anyone remembers that. And it was very, very limited. I couldn't record any audio on the computer because my computer just wasn't able for it. And I could barely record any MIDI. Um, and I had to use an external MIDI player for most of the, the sounds. And they're quite terrible, I assume. But some of the songs might be okay. That was the kind of the start of when I did the singer-songwriter thing where I was around the country trying to become a rock star with an acoustic guitar, singing people my songs. I had some nice gigs, I have to say. Some of them went down very well. Some of them didn't. But for the most part, it went down well. Then we have post-partying blues. This is one I did in 2003, I want to say. Uh, 2001, there you go, so that one has to be 2000, 2001, because I did one every year for four years um, I had started being a sound engineer and I was slowly the, the, the love of music was being dwindled from me and drained from me um, and this was kind of a reaction to that uh, I had been in rock bands up until all of this, but none of my solo kind of bands or solo stuff has ever really um. it's not really rocky or even guitar based. it's a lot more kind of piano-y, keyboard with some guitar stuff in it as well, but I was big into lead guitar like my favourite guitar players are like Nuno Betancourt Stephen Vai Stephen Vai Steve Vai Dave Navarro Jimmy Page you know all that like proper rock kind of stuff and then the stuff that kind of came out of me wasn't that and I think it was just a confidence thing too but also I was I don't like to be kind of chained down but if we can see this look at that young Tommy Kelly there look at him Um, some of the songs in that are, are, are all right so I'm looking forward to hearing them I did do a remake not a remix a remaster of them a number of years ago couple of the songs were okay after that i did the ep many many years later it's like 2012 i think that is with the corona by uh, bundle which i really like and i was listening to obviously an awful lot of lcd sound system at the time but there is still some guitars in that as well so the other kind of big band that i was in was a band called wendy miller and i kind of when i was in school i was, used to sit the guy beside a guy called ed he was big into guitar and he was the first guy who kind of introduced me to alistair crowley as well even though he didn't know an awful lot about him he knew had a connection from crowley from jimmy page but he was in a band called wicker man and uh, they were like the big band of the town and uh, i was a fan and i you know i was going oh i'd love to be in a band like that so he left the band and then he suggested that i should join the band and so i kind of joined the band and it was great so i, I I've spent a number of years years the first time i think it was about two years i spent in the band and we, uh, did we record anything now? We did a demo, I think. We were beginning to record an album, and then it all just fell apart because of egos and youth. and the other two guys who were in the band was Treepiece. They were a lot older than me, which less, it seems less of now, but like, I think, six or seven years or something. But when I was, like, 18, 19, and they were 26, 27, there's a huge gap of, you know, experience and uh, all of that kind of stuff. And it was my first kind of introduction to, you know, i just left... Uh, my home my parents had just split up it was all a very kind of dark period of my life you know there may have been a few drugs who knows you know those days are what they are and uh yeah it, was, it all felt a wee bit kind of lost or whatever and it did for a number of years after that even after that band kind of fell apart and i was doing the solo stuff those kind of the last years very lonely years i have to say very dark but we did do a number of things we got back together a number of years later and we did a number of things the, this is the album that we spent all the money on like five or six grand which was huge money back in the day for, for us and it's terrible it's really it's not um it doesn't sound like us the production's terrible on it it's just not good and with the guy Alan who's, who's the singer he was the main songwriter and there's some great songs he really is a top class uh, songwriter and it didn't do justice I don't think to some of those songs um, I wanted to produce it, but uh, I got voted on that. But I did produce this one, which I did on a track, and it got uh, mixed kind of uh, in, a, in a studio, in the studio that that was recorded. But um, that got like single of the week uh, in Hot Press, which is the you know the big magazine here in Ireland, and I really like that, or at least I did back in the day. I was quite happy with the sound, and I think that's probably the most indicative or. <sighs> That's the most what Wendy Miller sounded like. Well, Wickerman had to change name because there was another band called Wickerman. So by the time I joined, it were Wendy Miller. They wanted to keep the the symbol, the logo, the W M. We had Smiles' narcotics single, and then the songbook. There is other stuff we did, a, like we did a, live videos and stuff like that. But they're all in like really small resolution because it's like fifteen years ago when we were doing this, and this was before YouTube. It was before anything. I was one of the first people in turn who actually had my demo tape on a CD. And Wendy Miller, I think, was actually one of the very first, uh, and it would cost like thirty quid a CD or something to get them printed at that time. But uh, happy days, wonderful times. Now I'm going to try and uh, digitally preserve these or archive these. I, don't, I doubt I'll be able to put up any of the Wendy Miller stuff, at least not much much of it, because as I say, it kind of fell apart. And I haven't spoken to well, I haven't spoken to Chris or Jerry in a number of years. I certainly haven't spoken to Alan in over well over a decade, possibly fifteen years. So um, I think it's unfair, and I think you know, put up uh, stuff that in someone else's art that so you yeah, you may are involved in, obviously. But it's uh, you know, who might put it up? Maybe they don't want it heard. Maybe they do. Maybe they're using it in some other different form. It doesn't matter. But I might put up one or two songs just for uh, the hell of it, if they're good. It'll be hard to know. But the other ones I will put up on the website at some stage, just as a more kind of archive type of deal. So, yeah, that's it. Um, no, no intention of recording a new album as yet, but I would love to get a kind of a um, bit of a jam going, maybe with some people in the area whenever this lockdown opens. And I may or may not have bought a new guitar, so maybe a video about that soon. So, yeah, that's a kind of a very short overview of my music career. <laughs> not really to, to going into too much detail, but uh, yeah, I spent the main band of Zen was, was Wendy Miller. We did a number of things. There's two years. There's the very young one, 18, eighteen, nineteen, and then we started again, I think twenty I was twenty-four, twenty-five, for another five five years or so, maybe. But mo and then in between all of that I was doing solo albums. And I have four or five, six, something like that. So yeah, and in the last ten years I've done nothing. Well, what years? It's 2020, eight years since I did anything. And I didn't play guitar for about four years up until about two weeks ago when Pan decided that now is the time for music to return to my life. So, good people of the internet, um, I hope you have a more interesting CD collection of your own music than uh, than mine, and uh, or whatever it is that is the equivalent of your art. And that if you are getting back into a passion that you had from years ago, so please share it with me and let me know what's going on or what is uh, what you're hoping to do. Or even if you haven't had a passion from years ago and you're sort of discovering a new one, please share that with me too because I love hearing about that sort of stuff from people. May your best art be ahead and be well. Hello good people of the internet, it is I, Tommy Kelly. This is Adventures in Wooboo. This episode, as part of the the weekly reading that we do, um, I'm going to do some more from Advanced Magic for Beginners by Alan Chapman. One of my favourite books, as you may have noticed. So, this is going to be chapter six A Model Magician or How to Believe. A popular aesthetic in occultism at the moment is science. Making magic look scientific is easy. One, come up with an explanation for how magic works and call it a model or theory. For instance, chaos magic becomes chaos magic theory, or the belief in spirits is, is referred to as the spirit model. Two, Abbreviate the name of your explanation and, where possible, any techniques or methods to. For instance, case magic theory becomes CMT. 3. Describe your explanation or model using algebra and mathematics. 4. Reference scientific principles from a branch of science, such as quantum mechanics, in your rituals. 5. Describe magic using scientific jargon and terminology. Magic is a technology or an act of metaprogramming. There are many more methods, such as referring to magical texts as papers, but I'm sure you can come up with further examples should you wish to work with scientific aesthetics. Remember, the scientific aesthetic is not the same thing as the scientific method. As stated earlier, we can apply the scientific method to magic, and it must be applied for it to be science. But the scientific method is not the current culture of science. Dressing in a white lab coat using specialist jargon to describe the scientific method or investing belief in the current favourite theory or model for quantum effects does not make you a scientist. However, just because something is not aesthetic doesn't mean it is wrong or useless. The question isn't is it correct but does my magic look scientific uh, flow from my boat? Culture Vulture Beyond culture then, to what extent are explanations of models useful for the magician? It is often assumed that working with different models of magic is beneficial to the magician as it demonstrates the arbitrary nature of any viewpoint and allows the magician to use belief as a tool for creating magical effects. This is referred to as belief shifting. However, there is a big difference between using a belief or model and adopting a belief or explana- as an explanation. Explanation provides an intellectual understanding of a subject. It changes nothing but the intellectual viewpoint of the person adopting the explanation. This is evident by the ease at which you can change your mind and adopt a new explanation and the reason why so many people talk about conditioning and yet act exactly the same as everybody else. Preferring one explanation to another for a couple of weeks is not belief shifting. If you wish to change your experience of viewpoint, then you need to actually experience a different viewpoint or model as an aesthetic within a magical act. For a model to be of any use at all, it must cease being an explanation and become an actual event. Chapter four tells you how to do this in terms of the arbitrary ritual outline, but a much simpler way is literally to say that if you want to make an idea or belief true, you need simply to act on it. The act is the experience of the belief. The act makes the belief true. Just for clarification, the act is steps three to five of the ritual outline, which is the previous chapters "How to Do Magic." Now, if I can go back, I will just go quick because the uh, five points are easy. Okay. So, the, what he's referring to is here's a fundamental instruction in performing any act of magic: one, decide what you want to occur; two, ensure that what you want to occur has a means of manifestation; three, choose an experience; four. Decide that that experience means the same thing as, the, as what you want to occur. 5. Perform the act, undergo the experience. 6. Result. So come back, just for clarification, the act is step 3 to 5 of the ritual we've just mentioned. Of course, you may protest that you didn't deliberately decide that an action means the same thing as your belief. Nor do you ponder what experience you're going to use when you perform an action. You just do it. This is true. And this is where the ritual outline becomes cumbersome and largely unnecessary beyond making the magical act explicit. A wonderful world. All you need to do is act on a belief to make it true. Then if you want to live in a happy, wonderful world, all you need to do is act like you live in a happy, wonderful world. This can be anything from a full-blown ritual act to something as simple as telling yourself that the world is fun, good place to be. Of course, just saying this won't saying this once won't change much. Try it and see how fast you revert back to thinking and acting as if the world isn't a happy, wonderful place. In order to work magic on the self effectively, you must replace the habitual magic that you do every day with new habitual magic. This means repetition. Although I've said that all you need to do is make a belief true is to act on it. Please do not think that if you believe you can fly, then jumping off a tall building will make it so. Remember step two of the ritual outline. Ensure that there is a means of manifestation for the belief. For a belief to manifest in the material world, It must be within the game rules of the material world. Humans just don't fly. I added the just, by the way. Humans can, however, remake themselves as they see fit. It's possible to ditch a crappy worldview for a good one. Swap depression for joy, pessimism for optimism, or anxiety for peace. Exercise 9. 1. Tell yourself you're stupid, ugly, and no one likes you. Do it every day for two weeks. 3. Record the results. Exercise 10. 1. Tell yourself you're an intelligent, attractive, and everybody loves you. Two, do it every day for two weeks. Three, record the results. Compare the results from exercise nine with those of exercise 10. Choose one for life. And we're all betting it'll be exercise 10 being the most profitable. But I like arguing down the pub. If your reality rests solely on a magical act, and so you can change your experiences as you see fit, then any viewpoint or belief is true at the moment you experience it. To argue about how magic actually works as if the truth is not in the experience itself, is indicative of a failure to understand magic. An example of this is the ubiquitous debate on the occult scene as to the true nature of spirits, usually taking the form of a discussion around, are they real? Versus, are they just amplified parts of my psychology? If you decide to interact with a god and do so, and then go down to the pub to tell your friends you believe gods are simply parts of your personality, you have failed to understand that the truth is in the experience. You may believe gods are part of your psychology, but belief only becomes genuine when it is experienced. If you want to work with different parts of your psyche and then take up psychotherapy and work with them, this is still magic. You've chosen a belief and acted upon it. This isn't an argument for a preferred model, but an emphasis on experiencing belief, whatever that belief may be. Don't work with a spirit and then dismiss the truth of your experience and deny the fact that your reality is your decision by claiming spirits are something other than spirits'. Exercise 11. Do not wait for the correct explanation before doing any magic. 2. Whether in the ritual space or not, choose a belief and act on it. Choose a belief that doesn't necessarily necessitate hurting or killing anyone, believing that your mother has been replaced by an alien bent on world domination. Uh, uh, also, neither are uh, very healthy. A good example might be deciding to believe in God and acting on it by going to church or praying every day. Changing trade, changing your beliefs frequently. For instance, once you believe in God, become a rational Buddhist and take up Vipassana. So that's chapter six. Uh, yeah, so things there. I think is there a slight swipe at uh, Pete Carroll at the beginning of that? Perhaps not. Maybe it was just the, the kind of zeitgeist of what was going on in Chaos Magic in uh, around the time that Alan Chapman wrote it. And then the paradigm shifting and the belief shifting thing, um, I think it's a very good explanation of it, being that it is the experience of it in the moment is the truth of it. Uh, If you haven't read advanced magic for beginners i do suggest that you do so if magic is your thing uh, if it's not i don't really know why you could be here but nevertheless you're welcome here so good people of the internet may your belief shifting be believable and may you experience the truth in every moment of every decision you make and may your best days be ahead be well Hello, good people of the internet. It is I, Tommy Kelly, and this is Adventures Mover. This episode, I want to show you a new toy I got. And this is it here. This is. It's hard to get it in the screen <laughs> all at once. There you go. Upside down, though. It is. My new guitar. It is a Washburn N2, which is. The Nuno Betancourt series. Let's see if, make sure I'm focused. The Nuno Betancourt. Uh, guitar model his signature model you know Pet- Betancourt is the guy from uh, extreme modern words and if that's all you know him as uh, a uh, shame on you because he's a wonderful guitar player and has been extremely influential on the music scene particularly in guitar circles he's a really 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 top class guitar player and i've always wanted an n4 which is the more expensive model of this and uh, but it's about four and a half grand five grand depending on what what uh sort of uh, make you get it of it but it's um something i will get at some point in the future but right now i thought to kind of celebrate and to buy a present for my old self who was uh, big into guitar and uh, to kind of celebrate that that i would at least get something to signify that so the n2 seemed like a perfect one it is still the most expensive guitar i've ever had it worked out of including shipping and a couple other things just under 900 euro which as guitars go is quite cheap, but as other things go, as fridges go is probably, uh, well, I don't know how much fridges are, as, as uh, sliced pans go, uh, it's quite expensive. But uh, it was part of this working of trying to reclaim music and also this integration of my life in of pan, which seems as at least one phase of it seems to be um, bringing music back in and being a musician and reclaiming that and celebrating that and being okay with that and all of that. I've talked a bit about that previous in other videos. But, uh, yeah, so it's I've put up a video on social media of me playing it. Um, it's just kind of a, <laughs> a shred video, man. But uh, I'll leave the, the link in the show description. It's on Facebook. And wow, it is so warm here. Ooh. I was playing the guitar, and you can just see in the video, I'm just sweating. It's like, that's the kind of the downside of when you have your office in a big metal container. So anyway, that's kind of it. I'm really enjoying playing guitar again, and I've been doing... Uh, following a lot of uh, Steve I's videos, his guitar lesson videos, and I've been doing some other kind of video stuff on YouTube. It's not great about YouTube where you can just literally go and learn anything. <laughs> you want, not uh, you know, just by typing it into YouTube and then someone tells you what it. Like, it's, it's a wonderful resource that uh, I'm very grateful and appreciative. I have no kind of real ambition towards the music other than uh, wanting to play again, and um, not to, you know, to record albums, not to do gigs, not to do anything other than just to enjoy it again. And I was playing some backing tracks earlier on. Um, again on YouTube. What a wonderful resource. And really, really enjoyed the kind of release that I got. I talked before in a previous video that I used to have gigs. Would be like a form of exorcism. You know, that just get an awful lot out of me. And I kind of felt that again today when I was doing the backing tracks. Where I was just trying to play as, I suppose, emotionally as I could. Or as put as much of myself into it as I could. Without, you know, without getting too kind of... I suppose, woo about it, but it's, to, you know, just to express myself as best I could in the moment. And I got really into it and I got re- you know, I felt very emotional and releasing and almost in the same kind of way of uh, the exorcism. But I suppose the kind of thing that also had about doing kind of musical gig exorcism is that you are doing it in front of other people. There's a kind of the, while it's performative. I don't really mean it in that way, but it's it's kind of like a public exorcism that you're laying yourself bare in front of the world or in front of people, you know, that you're no longer hiding, that you're in some way showing... Showing yourself in a way that you wouldn't normally show yourself. Like, you know, when you're like, you go into the office and you go into work, and if you just kind of had that emotional release that you do uh, during a gig or whatever, it just doesn't go down. You know, it would be really weird and inappropriate and not the situation to do it. So, there isn't that many kind of situations where you can have this kind of grand, emotional, performative release. Um, and it's something that I think it was very helpful to me in different, uh, different times in my life, and that, uh, you know, and then kind of, I suppose. The, there's the kind of negative side of it that you kind of are then, I suppose, trying to aim at. What am I trying to aim? at? the point that here is that it it becomes more performative rather than a release, and then you're kind of you know fake the emotions and something as well. So you know it's it's it has its counter and its kind of pluses and the negative as it, all, all things do. But I can't think of any other kind of area of my life where there was that kind of immediate. Uh, Exorcism and in, in the way that get music was for me, and particularly doing gigs. Um, so I'm looking forward to trying to see where that goes, or whatever, and to, or try to incorporate the kind of thing that I got from that, and maybe some other way. Like I mean, it, there is a kind of a, an element of public exorcism when you're doing any kind of thing, like a YouTube channel or a blog or even a social media account or whatever. If you're being honest about it, and I think that's kind of the key to all of it is the honesty within it, because. Which is what I was saying, when when it stops being honest, it just becomes performative and kind of not the exorcism that you're looking for. It's not the release. It's not the kind of creativity. It's not that kind of um, metamorphosis from idea to physical. It, uh, it becomes um, acting. And as I've talked in other videos, you know, one of the things that I tried to pull away from it is just kind of having any, everything, like being a loop or being an actor and this kind of thing in my day-to-day life. And I think honesty is the key to all that, which was always my goal from the beginning of Adventures in Woo Woo, or I suppose any of the stuff since then has been to be as honest as possible, and not, you know, try to pretend I'm a better magician, artist, musician, whatever it is Then I am, but also not to kind of fake that I'm worse than I am, and just, you know, to have an honest kind of um, documentation of these type of ideas these type of experiences and how it kind of affects me and my life because I remember when I get into magic or whatever particularly in in magic and you hear all of these stories and you hear kind of you know people kind of flexing and saying all of these amazing things and you know part of me wanted to believe and did believe I suppose and then when it wasn't happening for me that I, I felt inadequate or felt kind of in some way that you know, I wasn't doing it right or I wasn't good enough for all of those things and what I learned an awful lot of that stuff were just stories or just people bullshitting you know people talking shit and not all of it's true and when, when I kind of realized that the part of me went ah well you know but let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater here let's you know there definitely seems to be something in all of this but let's you know let's experience it in an honest way and not concern myself too much with, uh, you know, what other people are claiming. And I, I would advise you always to approach anything, not be, you know, any kind of thing, not just magic. It'd be, whether it's, you know, music or whatever. And in a way, it could be like when I was in bands years ago and used to have an awful lot of people, like, would kind of talk shit about how good, you know, all these big deals that were going to happen in the background or these big projects that were, that were doing that would never manifest. And I always kind of thought that if people had some good news, They wouldn't be hiding it. They wouldn't be kind of going, oh, there's something, you know, we can't announce, we can't talk about, whatever. When you have good news, you want to tell everyone. And I know there is a kind of, sometimes you can be contractually, you know, obliged not to say anything if you have an NDA or whatever, but none of us back in the day in the music business, in the music scene that I was in, uh, were under NDAs, which is a non-disclosure agreement. Um, But yeah, there was lots of things that we couldn't talk about and it was just kind of ridiculous. And that kind of carries over into all the different things. And it's definitely there in Magic that there's, you know, this kind of affectation towards greatness or something that yeah, you know has kind of been played out which i think is on un- is not helpful particularly to people starting out into these kind of thoughts and this kind of approach and this kind of art that um it can become very disillusioned or you can kind of you know not want or see it all as being fake or rubbish or something like that when there's genuinely genuinely seems to be something in it or at least there appears to be and are acting as if there's something too magic. It appears to have good effect. So, yeah, I'm not really sure <laughs> where this video went. But, uh, yeah, so guitars. Got a new guitar. Uh, and what that is kind of opening up for me. It's like it's like this whole thing. And I definitely do think it started with the kind of acknowledgement of Pan. Um, has opened a, a door. And it's kind of... I'm not sure what it is yet. And, but it, it's not a kind of it that which... It's not a door that's leading to a completely new place. It's like it's a door that's opening to a widening of stuff. So what I mean by that is that it's not kind of a thing where it's going to open the door and now you're a musician and you forget uh, musician and then you forget that, you know, your art or your thing. It's like opening this door that's widening and adding to all of it to my life. You know, it's adding more to it rather than trying to take it in one particular direction or a new direction or something. I can't really fully grasp it, but I, but I will. But it's a good thing it's very positive it's an expansion there you go that's what it is it's expanding on what's already there rather than leading it in some direction or more contracting it into a more precise thing you know it's kind of there's tommy's rambly moments. so we we leave it at that and um, now what am i going to call this video that's the thing when i when to I, when I go off on these things who knows we will see when this is uploaded so good people of the internet um yeah May your best days be ahead and may you find the thing that makes your life more expansive than it already is and that thing that augments your life in the most positive ways. May your best days be ahead and be well. Hello, good people of the internet. It is I, Tommy Kelly, and this is Adventures in Wooboo. And this is, if my calculations are correct, the 75th video of the daily videos. Now, I have kind of been thinking that maybe I'm going to stop doing these for a while or do them in some maybe not every day or something, but I don't know. For the time being, I'll still continue at them. But I've noticed that everyone else who's been kind of doing videos every week since the lockdown. Or every day or whatever they've all kind of stopped a couple of weeks ago so it's obviously taking a toll on uh on people but i don't know my kind of concern is that i'm i find it a lot particularly with last week i don't really have that much to say or that i'm just kind of finding things hard to talk about and I'm, rather than just kind of blabbling about my life which an awful lot of them are which is a bit nar- narcissistic but that's what youtube is i suppose is just people blabbling about their life but uh maybe send me in some topics and uh on music magic art Whatever, living in Ireland, what spud is like in real life, any of those things, whatever you want, and I'll see what I uh, I can talk about. Now, someone did ask me to talk about something, and Tom over on Facebook, he asked me, after I put up my video of me playing guitar on uh, Facebook, he was asking me about, could you make some video just talking about how all of this kind of stuff ties together, from the music, from the art, the magic, all of that, because he finds that an awful lot of people in the kind of magic circles... We're also into creativity and art or music and it seems to be something that's all around so i totally agree i think there is well for me like magic equals art and i find it very hard to distinguish between the two but of course i can like i mean but the kind of principles behind both seem to be the same just the canvas seems to be a bit different and uh, i've talked about this with spud on the podcast kind of tipped in on it or whatever and he keeps pointing out that an awful lot of people who are into magic also do comics an awful lot of people who are into magic also make music and also make films or movies, if you're not Irish. And uh, there seems to be an awful lot of creativity that goes hand in hand with this. And I think that an awful lot of my kind of interest in magic or the occult or spirituality or anything like that, well, it may have a, a, a initially stemmed from a wanting of to know what the fuck is going on, what am I doing, or trying to find my place in the world, or even trying to get some leverage Over other people, in the sense of knowing something that the dead didn't, or you know all that kind of stuff. That while it's not kind of good stuff, but uh, you know it can all be part of your journey along the way. But I think, and excuse me if I keep rubbing my eye, I think of a hair in it. And I think um, it all then became kind of just one big thing that I do, and kind of how my outlook in life kind of is. For a long while, I had to kind of hide the magic thing or the spirituality thing, not because I was necessarily ashamed of it. Or didn't want to talk about it. But just the people I was around weren't into it. And I just I didn't want to try to change people's minds. Or debate about it. And if they weren't interested. Then there was no point in talking about it. So I kind of hid it in, in a lot of ways. Um, also part of I didn't want to be kind of seen as that guy. Or that weirdo or whatever. Then a couple of years ago. I... I just came out and no one cares that's essentially it no one really cares it's not that wasn't a big kind of shock or the big kind I didn't lose any friends or no one's you know thinks I'm well no one thinks I'm weird it says it to me to my face but the whole thing I suppose about creativity and all of this all stems from this kind of notion that I have that I stole mostly from Alan Moore but seems to be true that there is something other that's in the eater out there in some other plane that seems to want to become manifest in the physical world. And we seem to be the conduits for that. And from an art point of view, that could be a story, that could be a comic, it could be a drawing, it could be a movie, it could be a book, it could be poetry, it could be sculpture, it could be any number of things artistically. It could be music. And there seems to be something about music that is inherently magical it's the most magical thing that i can kind of point at that because uh, everyone's into music in some way it's a very odd time and it's very odd people that you meet go oh i'm just not into music it's and it's really kind of takes you back and well i don't, I don't really know how to talk to you but you know like it's at least there's the common ground between everyone that seems to be into music seems to be the most magical thing and it seems to affect people in ways that no other art form does that's not to say that other art forms don't uh, affect people of course a uh, beautiful painting can you know absolutely affect you uh, films can make you cry make you happy make you laugh make you think about the world all that a book can change your life but music has some sort of i don't know some sort of quality to it that just surpasses all of these art forms for me anyway like i mean other opinions are indeed available and yours probably may differ from me and your mileage may vary and all of those things so what i kind of see the whole the magic learning and the stuff it's not for the magic per se it's not for the sake of magic that's not the kind of goal it's not the goal to become the best wizard in the world it's not the goal to become the most knowledgeable on any of these subjects or you know like the, the, the goal is not for me as in a sense the spiritual attainment it's using the kind of things from the spiritual magic, occult things, and channeling them in a way so that I become more creative, or I'm a better channel for art, more you know, more able to take these things from idea space, whatever they are, and manifest them. And so it's kind of it's a bit like I suppose the, the, the how you define yourself. And you see some people who define themselves say by their religion, or define themselves by their sexuality, or uh, define themselves by their national. Um, the nationality or any of these kind of things they always kind of feel well that's fine do whatever you want to everyone you know who's 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 for me to say it. but for me it was never something I wanted to do I wanted to um, define myself by what I do by what I produce by what I you know what it is that I do so I'm not a wizard I'm an artist you know and if anyone asks me this I would say I'm an artist because I produce art the wizard stuff is kind of an augmentation not an augmentation a backup of that it's a thing that I use to create art a thing to inform me to widen um my thoughts to expand my mind all of that so that i become able to be a conduit of more creativity and more art so the secondary thing in many ways to the art but again with that remembrance that magic equals art and art equals magic and it's all very similar and all the same it's the same not even the same coin because that implies that it's the flip of it it's all part of the same sphere the same ball the same thing so it all fits together by being all the same thing. That's the, the only way I can kind of describe it is that, and I was more became uh, aware of this when the music start came, came back to me, when I started you know, reclaiming music, when Pan decided that, hey, you, you know, don't forget you're a musician. Um, and it just kind of seemed that it's all part of who I am. And rather than trying to you know, define yourself as one thing, wizard, an artist, a writer, YouTuber, musician or whatever it's just all of this kind of comes together and I think that's the thing that Tom is pointing at is that that seems to be a common kind of experience of people who are into magic that they are also into other stuff I'm not sure that is you know it might be unique to magic but it's certainly a thing that happens in magic or a cult or spirituality and I think we can get a bit caught up sometimes on overemphasizing the spirituality or the magic kind of points and not doing enough of the creativity not using these tools to do something rather than just hoard them, debate them, you know, make ourselves feel more superior or, you know, whatever, to trade these great spiritual attainments. But for what reason? Why are we trying to become enlightened? Why are we trying to become awakened? Why are we trying to do the magic? Once, say, we have a basic needs met, and I'm aware that not everyone's basic needs are met, but once you kind of pass that kind of Section of your life that is emergency magic, where you know, and sometimes it comes in and out. Like I'm not saying my life's perfect by any means, but what do you do with it then? Like, what, wh- where are you going? What is the point of magic? What's the use of magic? What's the the, the use of all of these things? Unless there's some, for me, my, in my opinion, some form of using that for art, because I think that's what we're. I uh, think I think that's what we're here for. I think that's what it is to, in some way, take those ideas, those things that are. I don't know, they're not up there or in there or somewhere about and uh, bring them here and let them manifest here or create here to make them in a sense real, although real is probably not the right word. So that's how it all comes together. For me, I'm aware that may or may not be exactly what Tom was looking for, but uh, it may, it's the answer I have. Um, So yeah. So let me know what you think is the point of it and how art and creativity and magic and spirituality and all of these come together. And how then does uh, you know what is the boundaries of art? Is being um, a house husband, <laughs> you know, is that is that still art? Because you know, you know, it's still creative, whatever. What is the the boundaries of art? What's the boundaries of magic? What is is every intentional act a magic act? And by you know by by that is every intentional act every intentional act an act of art? What's your thoughts? What do you think? I would assume. It's like... The, it's that thing of like... The, where the judge... I think it's Canadian judge said... I, I don't know... I can't... I can't describe what pornography is... But I know what it is when I see it. And it's kind of... That's what it, with art... You can kind of see... You know... Well that is art... That doesn't seem to be art. But you know... If... If you had a different story to the thing... That didn't seem like art... Would it appear like art? Like I'll give you an example... We were watching a programme one night... About modern art... And there was this table... It was an office table... There was an ashtray on it... There was a computer... And there was a... I know a couple of other things and um, my wife goes that's what's that that's not art or whatever and for whatever reason it come into my head of but what if the story was that was the scene that the artist remembers that was the second that uh, happened that is in his memory is the kind of slide and um, when he got the phone call to say that his mother had died and then, you know that this is just that encapsulation of that scene or whatever and it changed it changed the entire art. It changed the kind of um, table. It changed the thing into a work of art. Rather than just being, oh that's stupid. It, it, it's a, you know it's an office table. And it, that probably isn't the story. I don't, don't know what the story is. And I don't know why that came into my mind. But it serves as a kind of. Uh, always to remember for me. That perspective and the story. And the kind of intention behind it. Is the art. Not, not necessarily. But sometimes it is. The final piece. So yeah. Does it all come together maybe it doesn't but that's kind of that's my kind of thoughts on it today subject to change i may have further thoughts i may have less thoughts i may have completely opposing thoughts in the future so uh good people of the internet um i may or may not continue this but uh i will for the time being for it for at least another while and uh we'll see how it goes after that um but we'll probably have less time rigs is messing with stuff here Um, I probably have less time to do these once the comic starts proper or at least I'll be doing more art type stuff But I also want to keep in with the magic stuff. Obviously, it's a big part of it as well So we'll see how it goes, but that's just a heads up. That's where I am today. So good people of the internet may your best days be ahead and may may your art be wonderful and may your kind of delineation between art, magic good fortune, life spiritual, spirituality, all of these things blend into one big, happy mess. Be well. And hello good people of the internet, it is I, Tommy Kelly, and this is Adventures in Woo Woo. This episode, what I want to talk about is the fact that I'm giving up doing the daily videos, at least for the time being. I've done 75, 76, including this one, and I just need a break. Um, I'm still going to be doing videos, but there just won't be every day. My plan at the minute is to do at least two videos a week, one which is about art and one which will be a more general one. But I just have noticed, particularly over the last week, that I've just been finding mom- the uh, momentum and the enthusiasm for doing the videos to have waned a bit, and even the views have gone way down as well. So I think the time's kind of kind of right to... Um, just pull back and stuff like that and also because my brain is now in a very different mode than, than it was it's very much into the creative stages of the new comic and um it's hard it's a very hard thing to explain but like when you're in the middle of doing that to try and switch and you mode of your brain into start doing videos can uh, it can cause a bit of distress uh distress is a strong word but it's just like i know it's only a 10 minute video a day but you'd be surprised how much of your day you spend thinking about it or working up to it or trying to work around it or even Having to, you know, get into the kind of mode of creativity or working that you're doing to kind of have to break that to go to a video and then come back and then trying to get into the same position as you were, you know, same mental position as you were, it's hard and all that. But anyway, that's just the, the, the long and short of it. But uh, yeah, it was good, good fun. And I, and I definitely, for the most part, really enjoyed doing the videos every day. I, um, it was great having to come up with different topics and great interacting with people and all that stuff. It was really good. So it'll be something I will do again. The very first time I did daily videos, I think I only did about sixty. So I've beaten my record. So next time I have to aim for at least eighty. But who knows? In a week or two, I might, I might um, just go back to doing them. I just, you know, I might just need a break. Because remember, the forty-sevens, the last two readings did say that I had to be aware of burnout and to use some time for healing. So I think while uh, in Ireland we're going into phase two on Monday of the op- reopening, the world again. Um, I think I'm going to take it at least a couple of weeks to. Uh, continue on my creativity but spend some time to try and heal up and trying to you know get a bit of rest so that when i go into the new project fully as if i'm not but when i start like doing the streaming and the kind of other stuff around the the drawing and getting into it proper as in there will be a proper schedule that i'll have to keep rather than just kind of a pre-production stage which can go on indefinitely and actually just pull the plug in it Um, I want to go in with with full energy rather than feeling that I've completely been burnt out and put too much into kind of doing other stuff for the lead up and all of that. We understand. Um, Certainly, it sounds like I'm going, oh, this this is the end. Certainly not the end. Like I have a video, um, there will be a video up very early next week uh, on my progress in Unreal Engine. And then uh, there's uh, one that Robbie wants me to do about... um, just how to do stuff for, you know, setting up for YouTube and stuff like that. Just see, see, I reckon people be interested in my kind of setup up for all of that. And uh, yeah, and then just the kind of uh, general ones. The task, the podcast will be going, as always, that's, that's not going to change. That's great fun. And I look forward to that. And very little work other than the conversation. You literally have a conversation with Spud for an hour and a half and you upload it. It's great. <laughs> if all, only all work could be like that. So yes, good people of the internet. Just a quick kind of um, message just to say that, yeah, no more daily videos, and I need a break, and I might even take a day off one of these days. I was thinking Monday because uh, it's a bank holiday here in Ireland, but we record the podcast on Monday. But I don't know; we'll see. Get people into that. Thank you so much for this wonderful journey that we've all been together. And uh, I'll talk to you. Like I'll talk to you in a couple of days, or I'll talk to you literally in a minute when uh, on social media or Discord or Patreon or Twitter or any of the places. So have a great time and be well.